going on and welcome to The Last Hit. My name is Munchables and today I'm joined of course by Lyric but we also have a very special guest, the co-streamer extraordinaire. I will dominate. How are you doing Dom? Welcome to The Last Hit mate. Welcome on into the official podcast. Yeah I'm, I'm good. I mean I heard that this is a little bit different than Bevy's with the boys so I'm not sure what to expect yet but you know <laughs> we'll, we'll see where it goes. Yeah, this this one's a little bit more reserved than than what we get up to on Babies yeah. and Boys, so but also be, a little bit more specific. I was gonna say I'm not Sorry, gonna go be uh, comparing aroma to any body parts this time. Perfect. <laughs> oh god. Yeah, yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers. Crossed. I'm hoping though we'll we'll get at least some anatomy based uh, parallels coming across the episode. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but it is LPL specific this one, so we're gonna be joined by Lyric as well. And I mean, let's be honest. That, that Bevies of the Boys episode that you alluded to, the one from years ago, you guys are both there as well. So it does feel like somewhat of a reunion sans Dagda uh, for this episode. Larry, how are you doing, mate? Man, that Bevies with the Boys was so fun. I know Halfway through, I didn't know what was going on. I rewatched it, me and Dom were saying some crazy stuff. So, you know, <laughs> hopefully it captures some of the same energy, but you know, doing good. This week was full of bangers. If you look at next week's schedule, mm. it's full of bangers. So, you know, we got week two out of the way, which was the... You know, not the best week to to get into the great games. Yeah, we've. I mean, this weekend especially, we have been absolutely spoiled with games. Like even the games that shouldn't be good have been absolute bangers. So it does feel like LPL is just so much fun to watch right now. Um, but let's jump straight into the topics because we have a good amount to cover. I'm just gonna let everyone know what the plan for the episode is gonna be first. We're gonna start off with failures and faves. We're gonna skip word association because to be honest, I think we've got a lot to talk about. We've only got an hour to talk about it in. Um, so we're going to do failures and faves for everyone. And then we're going to be jumping into each of us bringing our top 15 list of the top 15 players in the LPL and debating the differences between those lists. And I've got the list in front of me here. I can already tell you there's quite a few differences. So there's plenty to discuss in that regard. Uh, but let's jump straight into failures and faves. Um, Dom, I'm going to kick it over to you first since you're you're the guest on the show. You're the new guy here. I'm going to let you have your pedestal. So we'll start with failures here. Who's your failure for week number three? Uh, my failure is just IG. Like as a whole, it's so depressing to watch uh, because they're a team that you always expect to be good, and they always have those like big upset wins. I mean, I always characterize them as like the team that can beat anyone and also lose to anyone. Uh, like we saw the beat like EDG, for example, uh, last split. And I was thinking that maybe today, because I mean, uh, the day we're recording this, uh, we just watched them get completely smacked by LNG. And I was hoping that that would be a series where they were able to turn it around. I mean, they had that like, uh, they had that narrow loss in game two versus EDG. And, you know, I was just expecting something more out of them. Uh, Balan came back, played today. Uh, Wink, uh, Wink is, is no longer playing this series. Like Puff is there, but it's like there's all these roster changes. Maybe when the shy comes back, we get something good out of them. But there are a bunch of, there's a bunch of roster changes. The team looks completely out of sync, which I assume happens when you're playing with so many different iterations of the roster. And the main thing that makes me sad as an IG fan is whenever you used to watch IG, Rookie was always insane. Like regardless of how bad everything was around him, he was always a consistent top performer. I feel like he's lost a little bit of his touch. Like, I don't see the rookie magic just that's going to get IG to, like, you know, a deep playoff run anymore. Like, it just feels like it's just all coming down for, the, for that team. 
Yeah, I, I think one of the hardest things as well is like you're mentioning, maybe things can turn around when the shy comes back. I think Nani is the least of this team's issues. <laughs> Nani looks pretty good. Nani's had some insane games. It's like that's the guy that you're gonna have to replace when the shy comes back. Like, uh, I, I'm still a huge proponent for the ridiculous rumor that the shy goes 80 carry. I, I don't know where that rumor <laughs> came from. I'm 99 percent sure that's not true, but like, God, how fucking funny would that be? I've already. Sworn. I feel like I'm not meant to I feel swear. like I the weirdest. Be. The weirdest thing about IG to me is people are going to think back to last year and just think, like, overall, IG was bad. But in spring, IG finished first in the regular split. And in summer, they finished, I think it was third or fourth. Yeah, like fourth and it was fourth. with, it was like similar rosters, right? Puff and Southwind, Bowland came in in summer. They have a better jungler than they did at that time. Um, Nani, more more solid than the Shy, you know, not going to have the, the same highs and lows. So it's just so crazy to me how this team just has those moments kind of like dom saying it's like they can beat anyone lose to anyone munch me and you talked about this on broadcast it's not even like they play to the level of their opponent it's like they kind of pull everyone else down into the mud with them and then last year right rookie can pop off the shy still having those games i do think maybe the shy coming back would be a good thing overall if we just think about strictly winning because you just need some kind of right like crazy game where someone can take over because their decision making is still just atrocious. I do think with Wink and Lucas, it was better. Like they were playing more as a team, but I mean, they were both just still so bad. They were losing lane every game that you, you just couldn't have it. And I don't know what this team does. Maybe you try out Lucas plus Puff, but it doesn't feel like that does anything. Yeah. Rookie. I don't think Rookie's bad by any means right now either, right? It's the problem is Rookie's mortal. Rookie's not supposed to be mortal. Rookie's supposed to be up there with Faker that he's he can do it all. And he's not doing it all right now. And yeah, IG, uh, I think I ranked IG like top four coming into summer, just pure hopium, and yeah, that's not happening. Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, can you make playoffs angle for them? Like, I, yeah. I really don't even know if they're going to be able to, because like, honestly, LGD looks pretty good. I don't know, like, Suning's struggling pretty hard, but like, they're another team that could potentially make a run and make playoffs. And then when you start looking around, like, all those teams in that tier, like BLG, OMG looks pretty decent now. It really looks hard for IG to actually make playoffs at this point. I, I don't know. I, I hope that the shy comes back and the coin flipping is good enough because right now, like they're not even flipping a coin. They're like 30% win. So if you can get like a 50% like win record, you can just straight up flip a coin. I think that's probably good enough to, to make playoffs. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I'm not hopeful. I'm not hopeful for IG, but maybe, maybe there's hope somewhere deep down. Uh, but let's let's continue with the ranting and the rambling as uh, I'll kick it over to you next, Lyric. Talk to me about your failure coming into this week. This failure hurts me so much. My favorite player is Mole. WE absolutely sucks right now. And I don't even think you can really target a single player on WE who's bad. I think missing is the biggest underperformer. But this team's decision-making is just atrocious. I remember the, the FPX series specifically where Beishong accidentally takes blue from Mole Mole now has no mana. Doonby is just constantly pushing him. He can't look for a reset. And for some reason, WE are just like, let's start Rift Herald, despite the fact that we know uh, Crisp reset first, so he's making his way top. They just start it. Mole's not able to do anything. He has no mana, and they just lose out on pure numbers advantage and end up losing game two off that. There's other situations where, you know, enemy bot lane is Pryo. They move first. You see Mole and Bashan contesting for Scuttle Crabs. Both end up dying. Elk jumping into team fights, instantly to the back line, still having those same Elk moments he always did. It's just like, it's so hard to judge this roster when everyone other than Breathe looks so bad. And I feel like for Mole and Beishong, it's because their decision-making is just atrocious. I don't know who's like supposedly calling this team or like how they're deciding to do what they do, but unless Breathe pops off, 
WE doesn't win. Beishong doesn't look good right now. Mole doesn't look good. Missing looks atrocious, and Elk is hit or miss. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm of the opinion that like Mole is just super uncomfortable, and he's one of those players that thrived in a bad organization. Like when he's the star of a bad team, I feel like he looks really good. But then when you have to play like a more structured style, and you have more like um, restrictions and what the team really needs from you. It's like there's there's very targeted areas where they, they want him to succeed. I mean, there's some really weird performances we've seen out of Mole. Like, there was that Mole set game where it was like, man, like, please, like, just stop sending it for one second so Breathe can try to win you the game. But I, I just feel like it, it's it's so strange. Like, even when he gets Zoe, like, it's just not the same Mole Zoe that we remember. So yeah. I feel like they're just really, like, not used to playing um, – together and you know it makes me start thinking if like if shanks was just a better fit for the team even if he was the worst player yeah that's it's one of those things right where you feel like they're gonna have to make a change and they're probably gonna have to bring back shanks i don't know if it does anything but this roster should not be like this roster should be competing for a world slot right there's no way it shouldn't yeah. and the fact that they're struggling so heavily is crazy also one just funny thing they look like they had never seen doc dr mundo before in their lives right like the <laughs> they amount of abilities yeah. <laughs> yeah. it hurt it was atrocious the fact that they won that game is even even more mind-blowing but uh-huh. yeah we have too many issues right now yeah they didn't know that Sorry, the passive was a CC block. Like, they actually just didn't know it because if they did, they would have just, like, the, the set that's walking up would E first and then ulti um, the guy into, like, the wall or something. Like, they would they would try, they would be playing to knock off, like, the shield. It's like, when you play against a Sivir, you're not going to throw your most important CC spell directly into the spell shield first. You're going to try to use other spells to mm-hmm. knock it off or, like, bait, bait it out. So they had no clue what Dr. Mundo passive did, and... It's just sad that, like, it was so hard for them to actually play that game out. And when you watch, the the, the only excuse I'll have is that when you watch it, Mundo's passive is not very obvious. And if people don't know what it is going into it, like, it's almost impossible to figure out. It's like you think your abilities are bugged or something. It's like, well, what just happened? Like, there's nothing that will tell you, oh, this guy is going to be unhittable. It's not like he gets, like, the Malphite, like, rock armor, like, something where it's like, oh, he looks kind of yeah. like... Strong, maybe I got to do something about this. So it's just an interesting situation. Yeah, it, and it's one of those things where I feel like so much is changing so rapidly in the game right now. It's like the new items coming in as well, which obviously aren't available in LPL just yet, but like Hullbreaker and the Chains of... I can't even remember what yeah. the word, They made up some word. Um, like, I feel like there was very little announcement of this these changes happening. It felt like there was just like one guy tweeted that they were going to be on PBE, and then the next patch two massive game changing items are suddenly in the game it's like what i don't know i felt like that was a huge huge uh change to happen just pretty much out of the blue um but just on the topic of we i think the the funniest uh in a in a very cynical way the funniest thing about this team right now is if you think back over the last two years the best mid laner statistically for this team was teacher Mo. Just let, yeah. just let yeah. that sink in for a second. <laughs> and I think that says a lot about where this team is at <laughs> and, uh, and uh, the hope the hope for the split. I love WE, but I'm not going to lie. It's, it's not looking good. Yeah, I mean, they it's need they need some good. Aurelian Souls and Galio, you know. Just get get yeah, some right. some roamers in there. So that they hey, Nocturne's actually better. Yeah. Nocturne's actually better. Maybe, this, he was, maybe this is He was year. like Korean challenger Nocturne one trick. He's perfect. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the thing, uh, just to speak on the items real quick, I think the problem with, like, this whole approach is 
I feel like it's the wrong way to go about changing the problem that they're trying to fix within the game, which is like trying to make split push more viable and then give you like an answer to split push. I feel like they could have just made split push more viable by making tier two turrets worth as much gold as they used to be. So like taking a tier two turret in a split would actually feel like you're getting an objective. Now it feels like nothing. Like it's it's worse than the tier one. Like you'd rather kill a tier one with, with plating than get a tier two any day. So I feel like there's, it's just a weird change but at least the hope it, for me is that like if the items are super op and you just have to play like split pushers and things like that like maybe we get to see some chinese fioras in, in lpl which I've, i'm always down for i'm down for some i mean we already get ridiculous backdoors and split pushes without it being particularly viable so yep. if we actually get split pushing in the bed it's gonna get crazy in the lpl that is for sure um i am gonna i'm gonna move on to the next topic here i'm gonna talk about my failure uh, which this week, uh, it's it's JDG, which feels a bit mean to 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 say JDG is a failure. But I they do lost feel the game like to V five, dude. They did lose a game to V five. They also got crushed by EDG, right? And mm -hmm. I think the thing about JDG that I'm putting as my failure is the fact that so many of these series you're seeing like moments of hey, this can work, right? Yeah, guy was actually having a pretty good split for himself. Like Kanavi obviously is having some amazing games. Zoom looks like he's pretty on form. But like generally speaking, I just feel like the pieces aren't quite working together. It just feels like it feels inconsistent, which is something that JDG, I think, historically have been pretty consistent, like at least over the last couple of years. It feels like one of the things about JDG was you kind of knew what you were going to get coming into the games. This split, I don't know. It feels like I'm seeing different teams on, on different games and it feels like compositionally a lot of the time, I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit. Um, so I just, I, I don't know. I can't really quite put my finger on what it is about JDG. Oh, I can. But I just, right <laughs> now, I have no faith that this team can succeed in the way that I feel like this this roster should be able to. Don't take it away. Mate. Let me know. I mean, it's just it's just their bot lane, right? Like, Loken is so limited. And, you know, you hear, like, oh, Mystic Wolf is in quarantine. He's going to come back at some point. Um, they tried the series that had uh, LPC in it. Just when you look at this bot lane that they've been running most of their games within Loken, I mean, Loken as a player seems very limited in what style he's successful at. Like, if there was utility 80 carries, like if Ash was meta and you could just play, like, weak side bot lane, farm with volley, kind of negate the weak lane phase that they have, and, you know, unlock Lumao to go and roam with uh, Kanavi and just do the things that made, made uh, JDG great before, which is, like, early, like, jungle uh, support synergy, duo warding, controlling vision together, ganking together, taking dragons together. Like, that is what made the team strong. Like, they would play with Kanavi as a carry, and they would enable him with different parts. Right now, they just draft in ways. Like, they're, they're forced to draft in ways that are just straight-up bad bot lane. They have to blind picks that they shouldn't be able to play, and they don't have the versatility to play all the different styles that you need to be able to play to punish people that blind their bot lane. So, for example... Um, one thing that I really respect about EDG's bot lane is the versatility to bounce to like Cog Lulu. If then Thresh is open, they can easily just transition to a Thresh Affilios, like a more mid-range comp, so they can play the Enchanter style, the mid-range style. Then they can play the all-in style, with, which is like Callista plus engaged supports. Um, you know, they have all the tools there, and they're, they're able to do whatever the team needs. The problem with uh, JDG is like Loken is essentially a Jin one-trick or something, and, you yeah. know, Jin is not very good right now, so... That's like why they're struggling is the the champs that Logan is good at, the, the champs that Logan is good at are just not viable. I feel like the biggest thing too is you hit on like the the jungle support because if if I had to overgeneralize JDG as a team as like you know like team fighting or split push JDG were always like a, a team that was super good at 
using picks to turn into objectives. They were so good at, like, invading enemy jungle, getting that vision down. A lot of times they would even, like, bait you and make you think, like, Lumao solo invading or something, then Kanavi and Yagao are there right behind, and they're the team-finding picks. So I feel like the fact that their bot lane is pretty much getting gapped every game, they're not able to do that. And I don't think JDG have ever really been that that good at anything else. Even when it came to team fights last year, I feel like a lot of times it was Zoom having some yeah. crazy hero play where JDG won a team fight where they probably shouldn't have. So they need jungle support synergy. They need to be able to unlock Lumao. They need to find those picks to get the gold lead so that none of their other like macro issues come into play. Yeah. I it's just sad, man. I, I just can't I can't stop thinking back to twenty twenty when they were like top two. And then they made it to the best. And it kind of <laughs> fell apart. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, yeah, I don't know. Since 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 Worlds, it's just never felt the same for JDG. So maybe things can could work out in the future. We'll have to wait and see. Um, so sticking on similar topics, Dom, you're already talking about uh, EDG's bot lane and how much you admire them and how amazing they are. And I'm, I, my document is telling me because you already told me beforehand that's mm -hmm. going to be your favorite this week. So please. Jump on your pedestal. Give us a soapbox on what is so amazing about Viper and Mako. I just don't know what more you could possibly want from a bot lane than what they have. Like, I, it just must be the, the best experience in the world jungling for this team. Like, your bot lane somehow <laughs> always has prio in every matchup, and they can do anything that you need. Like, they can they can early pick if they need to, right? Like, if they need to blind, sure. If Viper plays Ezreal, he's a great Ezreal. And then they, they bounce to Cog Lulu, and when he, plays, when he plays Cog Lulu, it literally looks like Viper is scripting. Like, it actually looks like he's scripting with how clean his movement is and how much damage he outputs on Cogmo while being, like, perfectly safe. The th the Thresh, like, Aphilios game that they played today was just so clean. Like, the, the awareness that they have. And, like, they have just, like, this innate synergy that, that you just love to see. Where Mako is always aware of what Viper is doing and what Viper needs. So that there doesn't even need to be communication. If Viper, like, has to kite, Mako's already exhausting the targets that are going with him. They're kiting back together. The second they can go in, like, Lantern's already at his feet. Like, it's just, it's just beautiful to watch, like, two players that... Like, you could remove voice comms. They're on the same page every single time. They know how to play, like, every lane matchup. And it's just crazy to see uh, a ball in this good. I mean, to me, it's just by far the best ball lane in the world right now. Yeah, and this is a team where I've, I've actually talked to some people who are in EDG about their bottom lane a little bit. And they said specifically about Mako is, like, bringing... Last year, apparently, Mako didn't feel very comfortable playing a lot of different champions because of how Hope and the rest of the team played. But having Viper, who... Like, Viper's Chinese, I guess, is, like decent for how long he's been there but the fact that viper knows how to do everything perfectly has just given mako so much confidence where he does feel good like picking enchanter supports again or or just pretty much being able to play anything so it's really cool seeing mako be able to play with a good ad carry again because right mako in 2020 looked looked kind of scuffed which kind of hard to blame him hope might have been good but edg as a team overall were not there so i think like dom said best bot lane by far especially when you factor in that I don't feel like LPL, we have very good bot lanes holistically. Like, we might have, like, some decent AD carries or, like, some good supports. You think of people like Iwandi, Crisp on his day. But, yeah, they are they are gapping everyone. And I think when we get into our list, it's not surprising that, you know, these guys are some players who are, who are pretty good right now. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. This, this one's such an easy favorite. These guys are absolutely insane. And the fact that this meta, they don't even need to carry. Like, Scout, Flandre can be doing a lot of the work. And... 
uh, someone pointed out, I think it was Hysterics on Twitter, said, you know, Viper doesn't even have an MVP at this split. It's just like, man, this team is just so scary. And if we do get into more of a bot lane meta towards Worlds, like, goddamn, other teams, they better be scared. Yep. On that note, like Viper not getting an MVP today after his Callista performance, he literally got a solo kill on the tower, like oh, yeah. super early in the game. Like, come on, how how can you not give the guy an MVP after that kind of performance, that kind of domination? But it is what it is. Wait, I think who got, got MVP for that? Well, he game? got Rookie of the Split, right? So he's he's got his awards already. <laughs> uh, it, uh, say that say that again. Sorry, Dom. game two is JJ. JJ got MVP. wait, didn't JJ hint that game? Didn't he die top? Was that the game that he died top or no? Where he died top jungle to, to Zoom and Kanavi? Maybe I maybe that was game was. one. Maybe it was game one. I don't remember. Uh, maybe that was the game where he was dying. But like, remember. come on. The bot lane gapped so hard. Viper was like 4-0 at like yeah. four minutes, five minutes. Just give him the MVP, please. Yeah. Just felt, it felt like robbery. Daylight robbery. Um, <laughs> let's move on to the jungle roll though. Because I'm going to kick it over to Lyric now for his favorite. And weirdly enough, we're going to be talking about TT, which nobody ever thought would be a favorite, right. but, but there we go. Lyric I really, I wanted to take the chance to talk about TT while we can, right? Because, you know, my favorite's going to be Xiaopong, and TT actually took a game off LNG. That series was extremely competitive. In that series was when he had the least sin game, which he was like 9-3. and three. And Xiaopong for this team has always been the guy that maybe isn't the most cerebral jungler, but he always does some, like, wacky plays or even some, like, weird pathing. And I think his mechanics are obviously top-notch. He's, he's like, the only decent player on this team. Sam D, I also think, is, like, okay, but their bottom lane is a mess right now. And then they also got a 2-0 victory because they got to play victory five. So Xiaopong's a player where it's always going to be sad that we don't get to see him surrounded by better pieces. He's a really wide champion pool as well. Always top 100 on the Korean ladder, uh, mains Rek'Sai, which I think is really like cool and weird. So he's always able to bring out that pocket. Rek'Sai bans is just like mind blowing right now. He, he does like, every I split, right? Maybe the only competitive jungler to play Rek'Sai in the whole world right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Rek'Sai is terrible. Major that champion is really horrifically bad. It's disgusting, actually. Like, I, I can tell you as a Rek'Sai player, this is probably the worst that Rek'Sai's <laughs> ever been. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll see. We'll see if he's still playing. Wait, uh, actually, he was playing Stridebreaker, I think, Rexai. I don't think he was playing. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah it Prowler's... wasn't like Assassin. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't playing Prowler's Claw in in the game. So maybe the Prowler's Claw won't nerfs won't even affect him. Maybe he'll just be fine. I, I don't know. I, I think that that uh, I, it's just well, like Stridebreaker nerf might. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Stridebreaker nerf might, but we'll we'll see because I feel like you know maybe with like Blue Smite, I mean Rexai operated without like the dash for so long right maybe you can just blue smite and the the slow will be good i think it's kind of a weird interaction where it seems like stridebreaker was nerfed but then when you like read all the changes like the slow is actually pretty insane so a lot of yeah. times when there if are changes like that, yeah. yeah exactly but stridebreaker wasn't necessary on every single champion like i mean it just didn't exist in the game until this season right so i feel like sure there is more mobility from like other uh items in the game or like new champions and things like that but I feel like Stridebreaker might end up being like a super underrated item that actually will add power to champions that people thought needed Stridebreaker, but really didn't. I feel like I feel like for champions that can still close the gap, like Gnar and Nocturne, Stridebreaker is gonna feel so insanely good. And it's only gonna it seems like it only really hurts obscure champions, right? Like the Dariuses or things like that, which we get every now and then by some player being a little bit cheeky, so yeah, I think that one's going to be interesting. I don't think we need to go too in-depth on Xiaopong, right? We're already using a lot of time on failures and faves. I just want to be like, hey, TT won a series. Xiaopong has always been pretty decent for always being bottom three, and he deserves some praise. 
All right. I just think on on the Stride Breaker point as well, I actually think that there's a small niche set of games that will you'll see things like the Darius that feel like they need the Stride Breaker just to close the gap, but also when you find that flash opportunity to find the all-in and you've got the bonus of like extra slows extra damage on your stride breaker suddenly that's going to feel real good on those champs as well but i'll move on um let's uh, my fave and i'll wrap up the whole segment i'll just hit my fave really quickly because i think it's probably the most obvious fave you could go for it's fpx right now they look amazing again it feels like they're back on form it feels like they had uh i can't remember who their loss was against earlier on in the split but it feels like uh, those LNG. days are, are it was lng yeah uh it feels like that's that's in the past again we saw rng versus fpx absolute banger series doing b man it's just like, on another level like the, he's absolutely insane the whole team is cracked i'm so excited for this team again i feel like i'm just gushing at this point rather than analyzing anything but i'm just so excited to to see more of fpx this split and i i firmly believe FPX at minimum are making it to Worlds, but I think they're a serious contender for the title for for summer. But we can we can dive into our top fifteen teams because I think that's what people are really here for anyway, not just to listen to me gush about FPX. So we'll uh, we'll bring up a graphic on the on the screen and you'll be able to see our top fifteen lists. Um, but for audio listeners, we'll quickly go through before we actually go in depth and, and discuss some of these players. We'll just each take it in turns. And go through and, and talk through our list. So I guess I'll go first. Um, so in 15th place, I have Cream. 14th, I have Flandre. 13th, I have Iwandi. 12th, I have Breathe. 11th, I have Xiaohu. 10th, I have Jackie Love, which may be a little controversial. I'm not going to lie. 9th, I have Tarzan. 8th, uh, I have Casa. 7th, I have Zoom. 6th, I have Scout. 5th, I have Ming. 4th, I have Nuggery. 3rd, I have Knight. 2nd, I have Viper. And first, I have Doing B. And I'll just uh, quickly mention kind of my criteria. It, I'm mostly focusing on recency and on this split with um, some some players getting previous credit from previous splits. Um, Jackie Love certainly uh, getting a lot of that. And maybe a little bit of copium, honestly, for me on that one. And also, you'll notice very few supports on my list. That's mostly because... Um, support is not a role that I'm particularly expert in anyway. And I'm... I felt like Ming absolutely needed to be on that list. I feel a bit bad. I feel like I've done Mako dirty a little bit. But other than that, I'm, I'm not that high on the supports. And obviously, I wanted made it to the list. But that that's my list. Uh, Lyric, do you want to go second? Tell us your criteria and tell us your top 15. Yeah, so, you know, current peak performance and consistency definitely are the two biggest factors. But I'm also putting a lot of weight on performance over the last few months. Just like, like, players you know could be reliable, right? Like, someone like Icon right now who's popping off, but we've seen Icon in spring and, you know, even further back. It's like, the, the reliability needs to be there. Yeah, the trust yeah. needs to be there. Some players, it just it just isn't. I also have Clutch Factor on my list just because we do get into so many, like, brawly, weird, knife-fighty scenarios where, heck, we saw it with doing Beyond the Lee Sin, right? I, I think that can definitely knock you up. And then my list, I'm going to go reverse the Munchables because... I just do that, is Ming, Viper, Doing B, Scout, Nuggery, Knight, Tarzan, Breathe, Zoom, Mako, Shaohu, Wei, Fofo, Gala, Cream, audio-only listeners. You just have to accept that, you know, you can, you're going to have to slow that down or listen to it twice. <laughs> All right. Um, Dom, over to you, mate. Let All us know right. your criteria. Let us know your list. Um, so my criteria, I would say, is like 25%, um, like prior uh, – skill coming in or like my perception of them and like spring split i'd say like 75 percent i'm just doing like on this split to this point um 
maybe a little bit more than 25% for the RNG players because, I mean, RNG just won MSI. Yeah. And then if you heard, like, they had issues with quarantine and, and all this stuff when they came back uh, to China, obviously they're a patch behind. But, you know, I, I expect the team to start picking up some wins. They've also had, like, a relatively difficult schedule. Um, I mean, OMG, I think, was supposed to be, like, a free win for them, but it wasn't really that free um, considering how they've been looking so far. Uh, so, yeah, I'm doing, like, a lot of it uh, recency-based. So, 15, I have Flandre. Uh, I don't know if this one is controversial at all, but I actually think I could have potentially put him higher. I think he's been playing pretty well this split. He's had, like, a couple int games, which is standard for Flandre, but he's had a lot of carry performances. Um, the Gwed performance that he had versus IG is one that st stood out today. Um, the games that he had uh, versus JDG, I thought he just played better than Zoom overall. And that was, like, the defining factor that had me uh, leave Zoom off my list, which is, like, I guess probably the most controversial um, thing. So I have 15th Flandre, 14th Cream, 13th Carsa, 12th, 12th I have Otle, who I think has been doing pretty well this split, uh, yeah. 11th Ming, 10th Nuggery, 9th Gala, 8th Scout, 7th Jauhu, 6th Knight, 5th Mako, 4th Breathe, 3rd Tarzan, 2nd Viper, and 1st Doonby. So yeah, sorry. I think. So so I I want to talk about doing be straight away, but I feel like we we need to wait and, and do the top of the tables last probably. So sure. Uh, let's. I guess let's start at the bottom. I, I think Flandre is a good topic to hit. Um, since two of us have Flandre on the list, me and Dom both have him. I have him fourteenth. Dom, you have him fifteenth. Uh, Lyric, I believe, unless I'm misreading, you skipped Flandre on your list. So. Let's just because I feel like Flandre is one of the most controversial players, not even in terms of like personality or anything, just like he, he seems to be like a Marmite player. People seem to either think he's absolutely washed and terrible or they think he's the best player in the history of the universe. Like, Lyric, what, what's the logic on skipping Flandre on the list here? So, I feel like the reason I don't have Flandre right is because I, I definitely put more weight than you guys did in like spring and playoffs performance to where. Right, that pushed people like Fofo and Way onto my list. Uh, people like Zoomhorn on Dom's list, uh, along those lines, right? Because I think right now Flandre definitely deserves it. But you know, Spring it, it was just like this split, right? Had a pretty good start. We got halfway through, and I do think he got over criticized in Spring, especially there was one Jace game where it's he like just got six. hard. Yeah, he was zero six, but he was still doing so much work in like team fights. You can see his positioning was still really good, getting off damage, and people are like oh, you should be able to do that on, on Jace anyway, long-range poke, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, no, like, this guy made the best of getting no resources from EDG, getting hard dove numerous times, forced off the wave many times, and uh, so on and so forth. But at the same time, right, it did feel like there were so many top laners who did outperform him in spring, and he was the biggest glaring hole on EDG. I think that that is definitely true, uh, no doubt in my mind. So he's getting knocked down for those. One thing I want to say I really like about Flandre that I feel like only Flandre and Zoom do super well is the way they use pressure in top and especially like hover towards mid or use fog of war is something almost no other top laner in lpl does the same way right you have guys like i think breathe ale bin who it's very like focused on pushing their leads ahead so i love seeing a player like flandre who so consistently will make his way towards scout's lane and try to transfer his pressure over yeah. i feel like in justifying why he's not in your top 15 you've kind of complimented him Oh, well, I wanted to, I, you know, I mean, if my list was this split, he would definitely be on on my list. But 
Okay. I want to look. I want to look holistically. I don't have that same faith in Flandre. I'm not Nelson. I might know Nelson very well, but he's not in my ear right now. <laughs> I, I don't know if I faith in Flandre to keep this up all year going into playoffs. I guess that's my biggest point. I right? don't know Nelson anymore after some of those G2 drafts. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Cut off ties. With, I am not associated with any of that that I saw in, in LEC last week. Oh my god. Yeah, there's, uh, there's been some spicy tweets off the back of that as well, in case anyone missed it. Freak and Grabs kind of going at each other. Check yeah. that one out. Um, Our freak just goes at every, everyone. I'm... He's the most aggressive plat player I've ever seen. <laughs> That's all <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> I'm not going to touch this one with a barge pole. Um, so I, I, I want to mention my, my logic of Flydra as well. I think one of the things that he's bringing to the table is a lot of versatility in the top lane. Because I feel like the meta right now is pretty wide open i feel like you can draft completely different ways like obviously we've seen a lot of gwen going up there but the fact that we've seen him play a carly twice and win both of those games he's played now he's played renekton he's played wukong he's played set like you can have him on these bruises you can have him on the tanky engage tools or you can have him on like things like the gwen that are just going to take over the game and be the carry themselves it does feel like flandre right now is incredibly flexible up on that top side and i feel like he's a tool that edg can use well kind of similar to what you were saying about the bot lane for edg where if if the draft is going a certain direction they can stick flandre in multiple roles and he can fulfill that for the team so i definitely think that's a big big bonus in his pool because there's a lot of tops in the lpl that you can't necessarily say that for yep all right so let's um let me bring up the lists again let's i get we all have cream 15th slash 14th i think <laughs> let's just take a moment and just appreciate cream for a second the guy's a I mean, he's amazing on Assassins. He's so much fun to watch. He's on OMG of all teams, and he's making this look amazing. Like, he is individually winning OMG a lot of these games, in my mind. Like, his Silas is sick. His Akali is sick. I'm his just... Kiana game, that was so insane. Yeah, yeah his Kiana. That immediately got Kiana banded for the rest of the series. Like... Uh-huh. Dude, this guy has an amazing LPL career ahead of him, whether it's on OMG or on other teams. Like, for sure, Cream is, in my mind, he's going to be around for the next few splits, like, guaranteed. What do you guys think? I mean, the only thing that that we have to see is, like, versatility, because, I mean, he's pretty much just playing melee mid laners every single game. And from what I've heard, like, in the community, that's kind of what he was known for in solo queue, is he was just, like, this guy who played a bunch of Kiana and, and a bunch of these, like, assassins and things like that. So um, right now, I think the meta is really good for that. If that actually is like an accurate characterization of his skill set, then that's like, this is the best time you could have came in because pretty much like you have the ability to play lease it into like almost every matchup. You can play set mid, you can play Silas a lot of the time. Uh, like if other people pick things like Galio, then you can hit, pick Kiana like you did. Uh, there's a lot of like opportunity for that. So I think that like if he is able to be proficient on like mages or at least have like a couple ones or answers to them. Um, within his champ pool, I think he'll be fine. But like that's the only thing that I pretty much want to see from him because it just looks like his raw ability to like assess situations and figure out the best way to fight them is like really top tier. It's just so crazy, especially the the times when like both teams will be backing off from objectives. There's one time in mid where I can't remember what team they're playing. It looks like the enemy team gets away and just he just like knows like if, if i flash get this dash perfectly i'm gonna pick up the kill there's another one on a collie in the enemy jungle where the enemy team is disengaging from contesting blue buff does the same thing like flashes in hits the e goes in uses ultimate gets away clean like this guy just understands his limits so well i did do a bunch of research on him coming into the split and his champion pool looked like melee mids and assassins plus rise and victor and that was that was kind of it for his mage play so 
I he is a player I'm skeptical on going forward, but I mean right, he's just such a highlight right now. He has to be on the list. He's the best player on OMG like by by miles. Mm-hmm. Though I do think OMG overall as a team have like shown surprisingly good, you know, just macro overall like uh, jungle support works together. They they're able to invade, get enemy vision. They're contesting enemy blue buff uh, quite regularly using Cream's pressure in his assassin. So yeah, I feel like it's interesting that Cream was able to bring a team together of either all like LDL players or reject players like New who people didn't have a lot of faith on in other teams. Yeah, feels like feels like that OMG squad is is coming together. I genuinely think that it's a squad that we should see in playoffs, and I'm excited to see them in playoffs because in the right matchup, I think that they can they can take best of fives. Uh, we've seen that it's with a player like Cream that is so good at so many of these melee champions. I think it's very difficult to ban him out without um, allowing other power picks through. And so even in best of five, when you can adapt your draft, I think it's going to be difficult to draft against these guys. Um, so I think the only teams that are going to beat omg when it comes to those kind of series are the teams that just have better raw talent across the board which obviously some of the top teams very much do but i'm excited to see what what's ahead for them across the course of this split um so let's move up the list here as uh so in 13th place we've got a couple of contenders here lyric you've got fofo on you're the only one with fofo on the list so do you want to do you want to let us know about fofo here Man, I, I'm just so surprised at the year that Fofo's had. I think in spring, he was definitely top two, top three mid laner. He's one of the the best laners we have in LPL, which, again, it sounds crazy to say when we have, like, rookie night. I mean, Mo was popping off back then, now doing being scout, doing well. And I feel like he's just the best player on his team by far. Even in their recent series right against Top Esports, I feel like he was the defining factor in their win. Uh, he's he's able to link up well, and I feel like he he enables Lil Yen, even though I feel like Lil Yen makes it very hard for his team to enable him. Like, my God, he he's kind of tried to lose a lot of series we've seen with uh, some of the performances he's brought out. And yeah, I feel like I would feel very weird if I didn't put him on the list because... In my mind, he is in that conversation with, like, doing be Scout Knight right now for, like, best mids in the LPL. I would say he's probably slightly under because I don't feel like he's great at transferring his lead to other lanes. He's very focused on himself or enabling again. And, yeah, probably probably my my favorite team fighting mid in the LPL, though. Especially if when we think back to control major metas like the Orianas and the, the Azirs, he was mm-hmm. phenomenal. But also now the Silas, the LeBlanc, the Lucian, it all looks clean. Bold. Doing yeah. B is not your favorite team fighting mid after some of the team fights he's yeah, had. Yeah, that was exactly what I thought as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bold claim. Oh my god, you're making oh god, you're making me regret it already. <laughs> can, oh, dude, the Lee Sin Pent is too fresh. <laughs> yeah, it's right there. <laughs> that was something else. That was something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, for me, for me, Fofo was on my list on an earlier iteration and then I removed him. Uh, I think maybe Either Flandre or Iwandi replaced him, which I I think are both pretty debatable replacements for Fofo. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think Fofo, maybe it's just a symptom of the team that he's on, right? But there's been quite a few games where he, he's not been able to win the game ultimately, which, you know, he is up against it. But Rookie was up against it all of 2020 and he still managed to win games. So maybe my expectations of mid laners are just too high ha- at this point. Haven't they only lost to EDG? Right, that's their that's RA's only loss so far. They that's beat true. Top Esports. Um, they beat LGD. Yeah, and it was all off the back of Fofo. Actually, true. So, mm-hmm. so maybe I'm just, yeah, maybe, maybe I should have put Fofo on my list. 
True. Actually, my logic doesn't even line up. I mean, I think it's also that they, you know, I mean, they're pl- they're playing a champion that apparently no one knows the abilities for. You know, it's the Mundo every game top for Cube, and he's just able to just get away with murder <laughs> on that pick. So <laughs> I think that's playing into it a little bit. You know, it's not really that Cube is good. It's that his pick is good. Yeah, I definitely... I definitely... God, when I look at RA, I just... I can feel my bias against this team. I don't quite know what it is that I dislike about this team but like i i don't consider aside from fofo i don't consider any of these players to be like near the top in their role and their their scoreline is like a mirage to me i yeah like i felt the same last split i feel the same this split like i don't think this is going to be a top team i don't think that they're going to maintain top four at any point like as soon as yeah i don't think they'll like, make worlds some of these other top teams get themselves yeah, together same. like I, I just don't see the world where ra succeed so maybe the fofo not being in the top 15 for me is just a Dude, symptom of this it's, like it's ra and lng you, you just team. look at those teams you're just like these teams can't go to worlds i like lng yeah. is still just stomping people and crushing them and i still can't believe it i'm still not gonna bet on them any step of the way yep. which i feel so biased but i just look at the roster and i'm like dude i just can't i can't believe an icon I, I they're bot lane like I want he's promising he's fine he's good but I still don't believe in light and I want he compared to other bot lanes Tarzan's amazing but that's the same with RA you have Fofo you have Tarzan that's kind of about it so yeah LPL LPL just feels so weird right now when when looking at teams like this doing so well I, I I'm less less against LNG than you are but I think you're you're an edge case on how strongly you feel about that one. I think everyone on the on the roster for LNG, I'm actually behind though. Light and Iwandi, I think, are a great duo. I've even put Iwandi on my list. Uh, Ale as well, I think, is stepping up massively. I was I was hyped about him when he was natural on OMG. Yeah. Um, Do you remember last year when he played Aatrox? Very clearly gave up, single-handedly walked into five members of the enemy team, and then we never saw him again. That was one of my favorite moments <laughs> of that entire split. <laughs> but yeah, I think Icon is the only one there that I'm just like. Uh, look, he looks pretty good recently, but I've seen what he was doing for the last two years. I just can't, I can't believe in this guy right now. So for yeah. that reason, I'm out. Yeah, I, I, I've actually put Ale on my list. I think that was like the the other LNG yeah. player I have. I have Tarzan really high because I feel like he's the main reason for like their success. When I look at that team, I'm like, this guy is probably competing for best jungler in the league right now. Um just it feels like he's kind of like even shaped the league it felt like the rumble priority was way higher in lpl in the first like week or so and then after tarzan started pulling out the diana and like you know we even saw um we, we even saw yeah. today into them uh team tried to play uh diana yasuo which was like something that they like started in the lpl yeah. so i feel like he's kind of like shaping the jungle meta everyone's kind of looking up to him and you know like he's top tier um, but I think Ola's actually had a really surprising um, split. And, like, I think this is, like, part of the reason why I didn't have Zoom on my list is because when I think about Zoom, I'm like, okay, well, Zoom got clapped by Flandre today, and he got clapped by Ole like, pretty hard in that Wukong game. Like, that Wukong versus Akali game where he was just getting, like, solo killed. It was a pretty nice solo kill, admittedly. But, like, this is kind of how he ended up falling off my list is because I feel like players like Ole are just having such a good split. I mean, even today, his Camille got a solo kill. I mean, he's, so- he's solo killing everyone like top lane so yeah but I, i'm waiting for a uh a matchup an lng versus world elite matchup i want to see him versus breathe 
Yeah, I feel like the thing the thing about Ollie, right? He obviously didn't make my list because of my criteria, but the thing that sucks for him is if this meta ever goes back to the Orns, the Scions of the world, I mean, he's just gone. He just, you know, he, he's like that same breath of player of someone like a Bin where his Akali's phenomenal, especially the FPX series. Like, some of the angles and ways he fought in Baron Pit were, were so fun to watch. He's obviously a Camille main, does exceptional on that, but... I, like I look at him, I kind of it's kind of like how I look at Cream. I'm just I'm just skeptical. I'm just I don't know if I have faith in Riot keeping the meta like this, and I feel like if the meta isn't like this, he isn't going to perform. And then I don't want to factor intangibles into my list, but we very publicly saw in a pro game last split doesn't have the best one, <laughs> mental when it comes to like not being able to tilt when his team isn't able to win. So, but I think right now he's you know yeah. definitely uh, a standout. Him him and Tarzan are my favorite parts of LNG. I, I actually have a softer spot for Icon than I do their bottom lane, but I just like people who play Assassins, so, you know, Icon, you do it for me, bro. <laughs> just think about what what a world we live in, that one of the most exciting matchups to, to look at players going up against each other is LNG versus WE. Who would have seen this coming a year ago? Like, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of crazy to think about, really, but I, I completely agree that the top lane is going to be pretty nutso for that matchup. Um... I think the next player on the list to talk about, we talked about Ale, and I think, Dom, you were the only one to put Ale on. And Ale was definitely a consideration for me, but he didn't quite make the cut. Um, I think we should maybe talk about RNG here, because there are a few RNGs cropping up across our lists here. In 11th, I have Shaohu, same for Lyric. Lyric has Wei in 12th. Um, and then we've got Ming in 11th for Dom, which I put Ming all the way up in 5th. Uh, Lyric is winning in first place. So I think Spring let's just split, talk baby. RNG maybe holistically here and, and explain our, our decisions. Uh, so, Lyric, do you want to go first since you put Ming literally in first? I feel like that's the most kind of out of so, the trend out of any of us. Again, a lot of it's coming from Spring, MSI, all that stuff, but i actually been watching a lot of the, the pro views lately, and I still think Ming's the best player on this team, in team like by far. Like, the, the way he utilizes windows and, and even creates windows, I love watching how he'll, like, uh, go for heavy trades and bot, set up his own roam timing, and then still look for these plays up towards top lane. He has, like, a very good split between how much time he spends in lane with Gala and how much he will roam with Wei as compared to someone maybe like uh, Mako, to where Mako's dual proximity is a lot higher than, like, how much he'll ever work with JJ. It makes sense for EDG as a team, but... I think Ming is so well-rounded. I still feel like he's probably the best support we have in the LPL. And support jungle is always hard, right? Because when your team isn't winning, I feel like those are the two roles that are most impacted uh, by their performance. He doesn't make any obvious mistakes. He's still the main engager for the team. I feel like he sets he sets everything up for RNG. I feel like if there's ever a day where Ming is bad, this team, it's not even like right now. Like, like they instantly go toward towards the bottom of the table for me. So... Yeah, I just have a lot of faith that Ming and RNG as a whole, like Dom was saying earlier, I feel like RNG are going to be able to get back towards the top. Whether they're competing for the championship or not, I don't know. I would assume they could, but with this meta for mid lane, I feel like that's a that's a big question mark. But yeah, I still have a lot of faith in Ming. I really love watching his pro views. I think it's like some of the the most exciting you can get when watching uh, a support player play with just how, how much he's able to influence the map. Low-key Jabbit support players right there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, support so, players are bad at the game. True. 
I agree. <laughs> just as a whole is that, is that why you put Ming in 11 look is that, I come from the era he's a support player look so I, I started in the I was like in that original class of like professional League of Legends players right and the way that teams were decided were you got five people together and everyone kind of played every role at that point and the player that you decided like you didn't want to kick like you liked him but he was the worst you put him on support that's how it that's how it is and even nowadays like if you start playing with a group of friends the worst player will always go support so, yeah, support, support is just like that. I mean, in, in my mind, like, it's different in competitive play because a lot of times you have a lot more responsibility and things like engaging. But support is generally the easiest role in, in, in League. But, um, yeah, no, I definitely agree that Ming is, is super good. Like, Ming and Gala, I expect them to be probably, like, the second best bot lane. I don't know if they'll be as good as Viper and Mako, um, in lane at least. I think that the, the problem with them is that they um, – don't have the versatility, I feel like, to match. Like, they've been trying to play these new bot lanes since they've been back um, in LPL in summer, but it feels like they just don't have, like, the same level of proficiency on anything outside of, like, the all-in, like, engage and murder the enemies, like, that type of bot lane. So, um, yeah, no, like, I think that they've just been, like, decent since they've came back. Like, they're not as good as um, they were at MSI, but obviously there was a bunch of issues um, once they returned to China. Uh the, the player that I put the highest out of all the RNG players was Xiaohu, um, who I probably didn't perceive as their best player, but if I'm judging their split right now, I mean, he pretty much beat Nuggery as hard as you possibly could. I mean, he yeah. solo killed him, what, like four times in, in the first, like... He didn't even have a solo kill before that series. It was disgusting. Yeah, he had he had three solo kills in, in game one, and then in, like, the first five... Uh, or the first two levels of game two. So in, like, the first game and the first two levels of the second game, he had four solo kills combined on Nuggery, who, uh, for my money, was probably the best top in uh, the world in, in, in spring. Um, you know, I mean, we, yeah. we saw the finals when he was getting four-man by RNG and, like, killing people, so... Uh, that's why I put, um, Jahu so high is I feel like his performance on Gwen was, was really good. Uh, I, I forget what he did. I think he took like interesting summoners. Maybe he took a ghost one game and then, yeah, I think he took ghost. Yeah. One he took ghost once and flash. Yep. Yeah. Which I, I liked, I liked the, the idea of, um, being more flexible with your summoner spell. I think a lot of people will get really stuck in like the Gwen. I need to take ignite type of mentality. So I like that he was able to, um, throw different looks at Nuggery and just beat him so hard. So yeah, for RNG players, those are the um, three that I ended up putting on my, my list. I mean, I wanted to put way there, but I feel like, I feel like Way's rumble has never really been it at MSI. Like he no. looked really good in no. uh knockout state or like uh, the, whatever it was, the group stage, I think it was called rumble before, stage. Yeah. yeah I think, I think knock yeah, I think not, it wasn't knockout oh. stage, right? It was, oh. it was group stage remember. and then rumble stage. The first think, stage, right? anyway. Yeah, so, yeah. like, the first stage, like, in that where he's playing against, like, uh, you know, wildcard teams who looked pretty good on rumble. As the tournament went on, he started to drop it. And, like, I mean, his best two champions were Udir and uh, Morgana in that tournament. I thought he was, like, pretty much. I mean, he, he, was, he felt like he was really good on Lilia, but Lilia's pretty much completely out of the meta. Um, he was good on, like, Lilia, Udir, and Hecarim, and none of those champions are still available in summer. Uh, or, like, not really pickable in summer. Um, so I feel like he's taking a hit in that regard. Like, the, I don't think the meta fits him super, super well. And that's why I'm way off the list. And then Cryon, obviously, is just, like, the worst player on the team, I, I would say. <laughs> I think it's pretty comfortable. I think that's unanimous. Um, yeah, I'm kind of a similar pool here. I had Ming really high. I have Xiaohu reasonably high at 11th, but I do think that Ming, realistically, is the guy that's it's setting this all up. I, I did have Ming really, really, really high on my list. And then as I was adding more and more players, I was like, ah, God. 
It's the same for Scout, actually. Scout, I put in sixth place in the end, and I, I wanted to put Scout higher than that. I feel like Scout has actually been played super, super well, but mm -hmm. the top of the list is so competitive right now, honestly. Yeah, the pick that I'm um, surprised that you guys have is actually Nuggery at fifth and fourth, because I feel like he's been running yeah. at this split. Like, he's been going back to LCK, Nuggery, 0-2 power spike. Haha, I got solo killed twice in lane. doesn't <laughs> matter. Like, his team fighting and stuff is still really good, and he always recovers yeah. in games, but, like... His laning has been atrocious. In the, in especially, the especially the RNG FPX series, I think. Yep. I, I, yeah. But there's I always been, like, like, these That was huge one thing issues. that I was unsure about as I was writing it. There's a couple of these that I'm, like, unsure about as I was writing. Jackie Love as well is another one where I'm like, can I realistically justify that? But I still have, like, faith deep down. I, I, the Jackie Love one is not even anything to do with proper analysis. It's just, like, look at the damage the guy does every single... I can't swear, game. Like... It's unbelievable. He is like comfortably the the best at just doing damage. It's just sometimes he he wants to do the damage a little bit too much, and sometimes that loses them games. Hey, Cogmo um, passive does damage. Can't say that for other. It does uh, and he maximizes that. He yep. maximizes that. To be fair, he's actually legitimately turned team fights with that. It's I'm not gonna, <laughs> right. I'm jumping out of the rabbit hole of Jackie Love because I feel like uh, I'll just derail the whole conversation. I, I do just um, want to say real quick on Nuggery point. I feel like the only person I could realistically put above Nuggery, like, right now would be Breathe. And actually considered doing that. I was like, oh, Breathe maybe my highest top lane on the list. But I guess it's just the biggest get out jail free card that I can keep going back on spring. But I do find it amazing how how well Nuggery can recover in games. I feel like every game we've seen him int, you know, there was the, the Jace game. I think that was yesterday. He had a game on Gnar where I remember him just getting, you know, yep. bodied over and over and over again. Kept coming back with those Gnar ultimates. And there's really no one else in LPL who I think is as good at recovering as he is. So he's another player that kind of gets the benefit of the doubt. You expect him to come back. Mm. I feel like him and Breathe for me right now are like very close in terms of where I rank them. Actually, I feel like Zoom is probably the biggest question mark on my list that like, yeah. man, I, I have way too much faith in Zoom to have him top nine in the LPL right now. But <laughs> I have him seventh. But that that is pure faith, right? That is pure retrospective because I don't. And this meta is like terrible for him too, right? This yeah, meta is not a zoom he, meta. He needs like the Orin well, set is top. Yeah, set set is in there, but like Orin, he needs Orin in there. He needs like Aatrox in there, like all these types of picks. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the thing about Breathe that I'm gonna talk about though with, with him versus versus Nuggery is like. Yeah, Breathe doesn't get to recover as well as Nuggery because he never loses as hard as Nuggery. So I feel like you have God to like damn. really be losing to have to recover to the degree of Nuggery. But it is true that like there's so many games where I'll be like, yeah, I mean, he's completely out of this game. He got solo killed three times. And then you'll look at the team fight. You're like, wait, he's 5-3-10. and 10. Wait, he's 5-0-10 and 10 since lane phase ended. So he is able to like always make himself relevant in the game. And I feel like that's a skill that most top laners don't have. Like they'll just... We'll get games like like Bin's game today where it's like, okay, well, you're not playing League for the rest of the day on, uh, on this yeah. one pick. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, I think Nuggery is a, a very incredible player when he's not sometimes sprinting it. I feel like um, a big thing for me real quick, just about a lot of the players on the list who made it, is also that I have faith in them going into playoffs to where yeah. some of these players, like, Heck, I, I love Breathe. Even in even in spring, even before that Fiora play, I still Breathe, like, kind of top of the table towards top laners. But I still don't know how much faith I have in people like Breathe, Cream if they make playoffs. Ale. Uh, Ale, yeah, like, like these kinds of guys. Because 
even the LPL players themselves have said it, right? Like, the, like LPL playoffs is like a completely different beast. So I definitely feel like a lot of players earned some bonus points for having gone through that experience and done well. All right, let's um, let's talk mid lane for a second here, because there's a lot of mid laners up at the top of the table. I think a lot of that is down to the meta, right? There's a lot of flashy plays you can make in the mid lane. Um, so just to reiterate for audio listeners, I have uh, Doom being first. I have Knight in third. I have Scout in sixth. Lyric has Doom B third, Scout fourth, Knight sixth, uh, and Dom. You have Doom B first, uh, and that and then Knight sixth. And scout down in eighth. eighth. So let's. Yeah. Can you talk me through the, the scout eighth? Because I feel like scout's actually kind of been popping off this split, honestly. Yeah, I feel like he's been he's been good. He's also had like a lot of like really weird int plays that still end up being okay, but they're not as clean mechanically as like what I've seen out of Knight and what I've seen out of Doonby. Um Yeah, I mean, I probably could have moved him to seventh on my list, but I think that it's just kind of like a testament to. Like, the fact that he's really good, but I haven't got to see him play as well as, like, my my top five. You know, like, Breathe has had pop-off moments. Tarzan's been, like, the main reason for me why LNG is 7-0 and or whatever they are. I mean, Viper is probably, like, it was close between Viper and Doonby. Like, I think they're both pretty insane. And the way I justified putting Doonby above him is, like, mainly based off role. I'm like, well, mid is a more impactful role than AD carry, so I guess, like performing on mid is like and having to play all those champions and then the uniqueness of doing b um and the ability for him to have to 1v9 i think is what pushed him over the edge um so uh, yeah i mean i just i think scout has been like pretty good but his team is so good that he doesn't actually have to like hard carry often if ever yeah yeah i there was there was one series at the start of the split where i felt like he really really hard carried i forget who mm-hmm. it was against but there was one where it felt like Scout was the individual reason. He was, he yeah, he was, he was playing, he was playing Silas in that series. I remember the one yep. you're talking yeah. about. Can't remember who it's against, but I, because I remember the comment of like, you know, his equalizers are better than whoever the enemy jungle was, and it actually makes Might sense, have been right? Might series, but <laughs> I feel like anyway, go on, Larry. I feel like the big thing for me was like, I knew I had to be over Scout and Knight, and then I just came into this dilemma of like. I mean, Knight right now, right, is is insane. I think, heck, you can even put, like, Knight up there with Doonby of, like, man, who who do I put better between these two guys? But Scout getting some of the residual over from Spring. I also feel like Scout is a much better side laner than Knight is, and especially with how he specifically uses side lanes to impact team fights in the flanks he's been able to find. He's had some, like, really great Lee Sin moments, maybe not in the same vein as Doonby, but, like, finding that sick angle to come in for the kick onto the AD carry, setting up for his team to win. Uh, his Utilis of Silas Ultimate, I think, has been one of the the best in this split. Though I do feel like he is a player who's benefiting heavily off the meta. Scout, I think, is, is fine on Control Mages, but I don't think his Orianna, Azir, or any of those picks stack up to how good he is on the likes of Akali, Silas, and Lee Sin, so... Yeah, Scout overnight to me went to some of those other factors other than just how good he's mechanically because I think Knight is better mechanically. I think Knight does have to carry harder and has carried harder than he has, but I think Scout and Knight, I mean, just imagine any other team going up against these guys at Worlds. Like, assuming they don't underperform like we saw like Knight last year at Worlds, I think uh, a lot of the, the mids from the West, a lot of maybe even the mids from Korea now because, you know, now with Showmaker down in the bottom lane, I have no idea how that's going to go. Show you don't think probably Power not of Evil make it towards take him? Worlds. <laughs> you know 
<laughs> maybe that's when Bjergsen subs I think himself back in. Four years ago, could have took him. No, I just <laughs> yeah, want to see Bjergsen sub himself back in, bring out the Zillion once again, like he did at Worlds, and then realize, oh wait, these guys, we just can't concede lane pressure against good Chinese mid laners and good Korean mid laners. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think mid lane is, I think mid lanes are most stacked role when you look at our list, which is pretty crazy. Because for a while I thought it was top lane, but man, we just have so many good mid laners right yeah. now. Even people like Yagao, Shie, Angel. I, I kind of wanted to put Yagao on my list, actually, because I think he's had some really... He's been playing really well this split. split. Yeah. Like, comparatively then, to my expectation of Yagao, I think he's really performing. Then, like, even people like Fofo we hit on earlier. If WE can figure out the mole situation, we've seen for the past two years how good he is. Like, ah, I just I just can't believe <laughs> how good you have to be to even be an average LPL mid laner. Yeah, you have to be, like, literally, like, one of, like, the 15 best mid laners in the... Or, like, maybe 12 best mid laner in the entire world. Like, it's like, if, oh, if you're, like, the 10th best mid laner in the world, you're probably, like, 7th in LPL or something. Or, like, 8th yeah. in LPL. Like, it's, it's kind of insane. It's absolutely insane. Um, so we are starting to run out of time. So Dom, I want to give you an opportunity to to kind of talk about doing B because I know he was the player you're most excited about coming in. I wanted to kind of give you a, a bit of a soapbox moment to, to explain why he's number one on your list. Yeah, so I mean, I just I think he's just having complete 1v9 performances. I mean, his team is having some, some like pretty bad games around him and it feels like he's just consistently so good. Um, one of the things that I think is unique to him is I think he's just the best uh, engaging mid laner in the world. I think there's no mid laner in the world that can read team fights and like figure out how to start team fights better than him. Almost all mid laners that we see, and they'll flank as uh, on a collie after something's like started, but Doonby's the one that will be the first in, and like he knows his limits so well. Um, I think his ability to lane with melees uh, is unparalleled. Like he will always CS fine into all these matchups that should be impossible. Like it, it, even with his Kled, like he was playing, and this will go back to spring, right? But he was playing Kled into Syndra um, almost like specifically. And this matchup is like unplayable. Like you just lose so much uh, health if you just walk up for a minion and he would end up even CSing. You'll see games where he's seemingly roaming all the time and you'll look and it'll be 18 minutes and he'll have 215 CS. And it's like, okay, well, like, how is he CSing so well while roaming all the time? Um, and then also, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a meta that he thrives in, right? Like he's the guy that played all the melee mids. I mean, we've seen him develop the ability to play Victor. He plays a good Orianna now. Um, you know, he's doing B rise hack 400 CS 24 minutes. Like everyone knows about, uh, about that. Right. But like, now it's melee mid meta, and he's the best melee mid player in the world, so he's the best mid laner in the world right now. I just really love the way how he, he like sets up plays for his team where he'll like play off of certain timers to like force the enemy out of lane to try to like match his roam, and then either like him or him plus TN will like kill them in transition. I remember we, we saw that one time yesterday where like mm -hmm. he starts roaming, forces the enemy. Yeah, and like things like that. He actually does it so consistently, so... He's also really good, and you'd assume one of the main reasons why FPX are so good at having these, like, set plays of... Uh, we've seen RNG do it a lot, but I think FPX are still the main team at, like, setting up those early, like, three to four minute dives around top or bot. And he's just, like, so good at setting up his way for those those timers. And lastly, on the Kled point, I remember one game in spring, specifically against JDG, he's playing against Orianna, and he, he gets Yigao's flash at level three, and then solo kills him at five or something like that. It's like, dude... It's just crazy how good this guy understands these matchups. I think the just to 
put a final point on the do and be thing is like when you think back to the world's win for fpx one of the biggest things that was criticized about this team was do and be's laning right and i feel like he has developed as a player since becoming a world champion and now his laning is nowhere near as like i guess suspect in even last year as, as people believed like i think i think he's just such a He's become an incredibly well-rounded player without losing the strengths that he had, right? So I, I just feel like he's exceptional right now. Um, and on that note, we're kind of out of time. So any final thoughts that you guys just want to say to, to kind of round out the episode before we close this one out? We'll go to you first, Dom. Uh, well, I've been watching every region around the world, and yeah, LPL is winning worlds. If they don't win worlds, it is actually a miracle at this point um, based on, like, the fact that Dom Juan's imploding, they're playing a different role every single day. No one looks good in LCK. No one looks good in LEC. No one looks good in LCS. The amount of forced errors we see in, in LPL is so much higher than every other region. It feels like every other region's all on forced errors. People just killing themselves all the time. Um, but the thing like that we were talking about earlier with like this this B situation um, where he's like roaming and he forces you to like make a mistake because, you know, he, he's just playing the game. He's playing the mind game. He'll roam, but he'll wait for you in a bush, get a solo kill on you, run over the whole game. Like, that is really special stuff. So, yeah, I'm I'm really, like, happy with the overall level um, of, like, pretty much all the teams in, in LPL right now. Larry, any thoughts? You know, I'm just going to, you know, have to be the bit of a fanboy right now. Just give a massive thanks to Dom, not only for being on this episode, but just the co-streams, right? Having someone in the community yeah. who, like, genuinely likes LPL. It's it's not even, like, a front. It's not like, hey, I can be the first one to do this. You liked LPL. You waited, like, a year to get the co-streaming. You were yeah, able to no. get it done. You've used your platform to push LPL. You've invited all of us on your shows, you know. So all of us, just super grateful. It's why we always shout you out our broadcast or tune into the co-stream. So anyone it. who doesn't watch Dom's co-streams, you know, make sure to go check them out. Caster Audio is still there, so you still get our beautiful voices. And, yes. yeah, you know, it's just awesome. <laughs> yeah, big, big agree on that one. Thank you so much for, for coming on, Dom, and, and for always supporting the LPL. It's it's much appreciated. No problem. Um, and I... I, I I guess, yeah, that's going to round out the episode. I'll not drop any final thoughts. I think I'm just going to close it out because I'm pretty sure we're over time at this point. Thank you very much for coming on, Dom. Thanks for joining me once again, yeah, Larry. And for everyone else, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And we'll see you all in Champ Select.